You are Locked on Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss, host of Locked on Rays, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. You can find Locked on Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Himalaya. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Rays. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked on Rays. Well, as we've been doing for much of this week, we continue our crossover episode series with other Locked On podcast hosts throughout the AL East. Today, my co-host Ulysses Zambrano is joined by Stacy Gatsoulias, host of the Locked On Yankees podcast. Hope you all enjoy. If you're a new listener, hello and welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I hope you all enjoy today's episode. As promised, we're starting the crossovers, and today I'm going to be talking with Ulysses Sambrano from Locked On Rays. Ulysses, how are you today? Doing fine. Doing fine. How are you doing, Stacey? I'm good. This whole not watching baseball thing for who knows how many months is a little frightening. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have to get used to that. It's a, it's a little bit different. Yeah. I usually, you know, I can, uh, do well because winter ball, I kind of watch winter ball and, and that can hold me over to spring training, but it's a different kind of monster that we're experiencing right now. And I, I don't know how to feel about it except, uh, very, very sad and unnerving really. Yeah. You know, cause I sometimes watch and pay attention to winter ball. I'll sometimes watch the Australian league. So I have something to watch over the winter, but you know, the off season feels like a slog and then finally spring training comes and we're in the midst of spring training and then everything gets canceled, postponed. Now they're saying we might not see baseball until July. It's just a whole lot of craziness going on, but we're yeah, still it's a whole lot of question marks. <laughs> yeah. But we're still doing a preview anyway. Yes. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So uh, hopefully a lot of new little gems and tidbits come out from this conversation. And and maybe we come out with a little bit of uh, nudges against uh, that Boston team. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun to team up against Boston. Yes, I agree. I agree. <laughs> okay. um, so um, I have a question, which is basically the, the the biggest question surrounding the Yankees for the 2020 season. And it's kind of a deja vu of mm-hmm. the 2019 season, which is the big word injuries. Um, what's happening in, with the, the medical staff, the, the players? What is going on in New York City? Can you explain this for an, a fan that's outside of the New York scrum media and explain how are these injuries happening so often and to so many good players? I honestly don't know. It Last year, I mean, it should have been a nightmare, and it would have been a nightmare for any other team when you consider the number of guys who were on the IL, the amount of time some of the guys were on the IL, the caliber of player that was on the IL, and any other team would have completely fallen apart, barely kept their heads above water, and the Yankees somehow won 103 games. <laughs> right. 
And, you know, while it was happening, you know, it got to the point where you couldn't help but laugh every time there was a new injury because it was just absolutely ludicrous. And you couldn't help but wonder, I just sounded like Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City there, couldn't help <laughs> wonder what was happening with the medical staff, the training staff, you know, were they not giving these guys good advice? Because you would hear about someone injuring, like, you know, Stanton had one initial injury, then he injured something else while he was rehabbing, and then another thing. Same thing happened with Luis Severino last season. Um, then we come into 2020, and it's a repeat. You get Luis Severino has to have Tommy John surgery, so we're not going to see him till 2021. We find right. out that James Paxton needs back surgery, so he has it. Aaron Judge apparently broke a rib in September, but didn't find out until March. How does yeah. that happen? What happened? That's that's honestly that's the one that got me. I was like, okay, the other ones you can kind of, but how do you have a broken rib in September? And then they're like, oh no, it's happened uh, five months ago. But you can rest for I think I read six to eight weeks. Was it? No, they even even said two weeks. Oh, two weeks. Two weeks, and then we'll see what's going on with it. Look, I'm not a math major, but that math does not add up. Right, right. (laughs) Because I think the six to eight weeks was like initially after the um, initial break, if they knew that the break had happened, because they didn't Mm. know that he fractured his rib. Um, They did MRIs. They did X-rays. It didn't show up. So it didn't show up until they did the CT scan. Now, this is my question. With everything that happened injury-wise with the Yankees last season. Why would you not have him have a CT scan if you can't figure out why there's pain sometimes in his shoulder, sometimes in his pec, and wait until March to do it? You've got the tools. I mean, (laughs) they've got the tools. They're the New York Yankees, and and they should have all of this, you know, planned out, especially after 2019. I mean, the injuries that the Yankees experienced were, were just ridiculous. Uh, and, and as a race fan, uh, we kind of saw them up close. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when we were going through our own injuries, it was, it, it can really, you know, puncture the, the, the enthusiasm out of, out of the clubhouse. I mean, the race lost in 2019, a, a rookie uh, nominee of the year in Brendan Lau, uh, who mm-hmm. was an all-star. They lost Yandy Diaz, who was their regular third baseman and, and also first baseman, uh, depending on, on who was pitching that day. Uh, they lost most of their rotation. For a better part of the summer, it was basically Charlie Morton and Ryan Yarbrough because Yanni Torinos was out. Uh, Tyler Glasnow was out. Blake Snell was out. It's it's really, I mean, 2019 for the AL East on the injury side was ridiculous. It really was. Um, you know, but the, and the thing with the Yankees though, for some reason, all the guys that they inserted into the injured player spots for some reason did so well. Right. You know, not for the whole season, you know, some guys kind of died down at the end, but you had, you know, Gio Urshela came out of nowhere. I mean, they traded him for money in 2018 (laughs) and he comes in, he plays like an all-star. They signed DJ LeMayhew to basically be a utility player. He didn't even start opening day. He comes in, hits 26 home runs. And here's the one. I was watching, uh, they were showing a Yankees classic last night and it was a a walk-off game for DJ LeMayhew. He hit a walk-off single against Seattle on May 7th. 
He had one home run on May 7th and he finished wow. the six. Yeah. yeah, and he went off. He went off in 2019, and he's one of those guys that he really didn't have a, a, a big spotlight on him uh, before coming to New York. But, you know, like anybody that passes through through the pinstripes, you know, the big, you know, headlight is on you, and he really performed well. And you're right, Gio Urshela. Who, who the heck was Gio Urshela before 2019? The Yankee fans know who Gio Urshela was? I mean, he did uh, fantastic, but... If you look at the 2020 season, if it you know gets played out and however long it gets played out to, um, mm-hmm. are there any names? Uh, is there a Gia Urshela uh, uh, for, from the Yankees that could pop up and have a season like that? Do you see that under the radar right now? I could see I could see Miguel and Duhar coming back after missing a lot of. 2019 and having a good 2020 because he's a really good offensive player. Um, his problem is defense, and with Urshela, basically, give it. He's the third baseman, Urshela. Um, right. Andujar lost that gig, and it's probably better for him because he wasn't great at defending at third base, and the Yankees mm-hmm. are trying him out in different spots. Um, but look for him to emerge again. Because in 2018, it was him and Gleyber Torres who everyone was like, whoa, where did these kids come from? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, <laughs> so see, he might even be one of those guys who's, um, you know, comeback player of the year, depending on how long the season is. Um, and I'm trying to think of other people who might have a chance to come up and do something. Um, in that case, it might be pitchers because of the loss of Severino, not so much Paxton because they were expecting Paxton back in June. And if the season's not starting until July, he should be fine. Right. You know, so be up. Yeah. Yeah. You could see maybe, although he's, he's had trouble with consistency or he had trouble with consistency during the spring, Davey Garcia, um, prospect coming up. Um, I'm trying to think of who else, uh, maybe Clark Schmidt, another prospect pitcher who might come up. Um, I would say look after the pitchers for the Yankees. That's might, fair. Yeah, who might come up and do something. Do you hate stepping on the scale? Maybe it's because you haven't met the right one. A company called Withings produced the world's first smart scale, and they are still the best. In fact, Tom's Guide rated Withings Body Plus the best overall smart scale 2020. So if you're looking to lose weight, willpower is key, but so is having the right tools. Withings smart scales are known for durability and an exceptional user-friendly design. Step on and data from every weigh-in syncs automatically to the free app for iOS and Android via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Lots of smart scales don't have the Wi-Fi option and it means you need to have your phone on you. But Withings Body Plus gives weight, full body composition, weight trend, even a local weather report. The scale can support up to eight users and even know who is who. So here's the deal. You can get 25% off a Withings Body Plus right now at withings.com for a very limited time. Go to withings.com, that's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S dot com slash MLB to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition Scale. Again, that's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S dot com slash MLB to get 25% off body plus body composition scale.
Hey guys, there's such a good deal going on on the Locked On NBA Network that we thought we would share it with you on the Locked On MLB Network as well. Here's the offer. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. Again, that's $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days from Postmates. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDONNBA. You know, from the outside looking in, um, I can, you know, there's this guy that the race had um, playing about 40, 30 games, and his name is Nate Lowe. Mm-hmm. Big first baseman, great thump. Um, actually, this is uh, my first time to rip the, the Red Sox, and I will. He actually had a walk-off home run in September against the Red Sox at the Trop. And uh, so he could provide really big energy for the race. Now, he's kind of a man without position because on top of him, he got Yandy Diaz and he got G-Man Choi. So he ha- he's kind of a man without position. And I kind of see him like Clint Frazier with mm. the Yankees a little bit. You know, like you can see him succeeding and you know, give a little bit of production, maybe not with the glove necessarily, right? But maybe they're a little bit, uh, you know, stalked, you know, behind too many people, right? And, and so, how do you actually, you know, get through? And I, I, from the outside in, I think Clint Frazier and Nate Lowe have that kind of similar path. Yes, yeah, you know, because uh, Frazier really well, he had the concussion issue in 2018 that kept him out a while. And I really think that that has something to do with how bad his defense is. I don't know if it's a mental thing with him. I mean, I would understand it because those concussion system uh, systems, concussion symptoms lasted a long time for him and they're horrible when you have them. And Mm -hmm. I can see someone kind of, saying, yeah, yeah, I could play outfield, but also in the back of his head being like, oh, every time he goes out there. (laughs) And the problem with the Yankees is they have a lot of guys like that who could play outfield, but probably would be better DHing. Giancarlo Stanton's another one of those guys. And not because he can't play the outfield, it's because you're always worried about him pulling something while he's playing. Yeah. You know, so the Yankees have a lot of these DH slash outfielder guys that they're going to have to try and you know, work around and work with. And, you know, they were even testing in Duhar at first to see if they could plug him in there and plug someone in, uh, someone else in at left field. Mm -hmm. But this was all before the season was postponed. And with the mindset that Stanton and Judge weren't going to be back in time. But again, if things start in July, it's going to look a lot different if they don't suffer any setbacks during um, the time off that they have. Well, uh, that's a really good point because if the season will be shortened, which by by now let's let's pretend that of course it's going to be, mm-hmm. and and they're going to need a month to ramp up. Um, we were talking about this t- uh, on 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 the episode uh, from from Monday. You know, uh, best case scenario, June first is hey, let's go ahead and play ball, but it should be it would be you know summer training really. Right. June first, right. and you're not having uh, less than a month uh, to ramp up. So then June 30th, okay. So July 1st, that's usually the halfway point into the season already in the regular season, right? So mm-hmm. you would be playing around 
80 to 100 games. If that, if, if you push in with double headers, um, you might focus in more on divisional play, uh, kind of scrap, uh, uh, um, interleague play. So, I mean, there, there could be a lot of things that you do. Uh, how do you think that would affect uh, the, the Yankees roster, you know, the roster construction? Uh, yeah. Um, especially with it being 26 men and then, you know, and then the whole, you know, this whole September call up thing isn't going to happen anymore, really, because they'll be playing. Right. Wow, this is a really this is going to yeah. be interesting because they're really going to have to rework the schedule. You know, maybe even if they do like a half a season, 82 games, they're going to have to figure out how to schedule everyone. They were even talking about I saw someone saying that they were possibly talking about playing through October, playing the playoffs in November, but also playing the playoffs in places where either it's warm or they can put people in a dome, but not outs. (laughs) I was joking that they should if they don't want crowds, they should just play in Miami. (laughs) <laughs> yeah 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 uh that you know that that would be an option you're right i mean put them in 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 somewhere warm which you know miami and tampa the thing is if if they put it in, in, in st petersburg at the trop i don't think it's going to be fair because you know the the race would just have every home game available to them and that's right. just that's just not fair to, to 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 everybody else playing the race but um it, it, it would be it would be insane. Yeah. I mean, we're talking, do you expand rosters now? I mean, if you're only playing 82 games, you're saying, well, you know, not 26 men, we're going to go with 32, try to uh, help teams out, keep everybody healthy. Uh, you know, get a little bit more turnover uh, for guys that maybe were ARB eligible the mm-hmm. next year. Uh, maybe guys that want to prove themselves. I mean, it's, it's a lot of stuff that's going, whether we're going to see a crazy 2020 season again, if it happens, right. 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 It's, it's still, it's unbelievable how it's still really up in the air. Um, and you know, you're going to get to a point where if they keep postponing, keep postponing, they're not going to be able to have a season. That's right. That's right. And, and, and it would be a lost season for a lot of guys. I mean, what do you do with salaries? Uh, obviously they're guaranteed contracts, uh, but what about if you have guys that in the contract you if you get to 200 at bats, if you get to 500 at bats, if you pitch more than 50 innings, you know, those little clauses inside this contract. How, what do you do with that? It's right. it's it's going to be really interesting what we see. I mean, this might not I, I, I read somewhere that this might be the first year um, without an all star game since like 1945. Oh, right. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. I don't even think about that because when would the hell would they have the All Star game? Exactly. <laughs> who's, who's Why have the All Star? Oh, have? it's supposed to be in yeah. L.A., right? Yeah, the Dodgers. Yeah. Oh, that would have been. Oh man. Honestly, like if we just shift gears into a little bit, you know, taking out the big picture and um, from the AL East and now to MLB. Uh, I was really looking forward to hearing the boos from yeah. Dodger fans to <laughs> the Astros All-Stars. Uh, I was really looking forward to that. And the boos really everywhere where they where they were going to go. I mean, I was I told Kevin and everybody listening to Locked on Rays, we will go to that opening Houston Astros game at the Trop and we're going to bring little trash cans and we're going to go uh, you know, crazy with them. And, and now we don't get that opportunity until, you know, whenever that happens. I know someone joked that 
uh, Houston was behind the coronavirus because they didn't want to be booed all season. <laughs> well, you know, we have conspiracy theories on Locked on Rays, and uh, I like this one. And we might take <laughs> we might take this one on. <laughs> Can we just talk about this whole thing for a second? Because it's just Jeez. it's still so ridiculous to me that they were using garbage cans to cheat. When it comes out, you, you're thinking, well, this is ridiculous. Like, it's it's so fake. Like, no way they do this. Yeah. They did. It, and, and it's such a childish thing. Like, no, just hit the trash can. It, it's it's so it, – it's it's a movie script. It's it's major league, you know. Yeah, with uh, shenanigans. <laughs> with shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's crazy. And, and I know the buzzer thing – didn't really get uh, a lot of traction uh, with backed up evidence. But once you shut um, and this goes to real life as well, you know, once you crap on somebody's reputation on 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 what they actually say, it's true. And then they, you lose that. It's very difficult for people not to say, well, I, I can't really trust anything that you're saying. Well, like what Glaber Torres said, he said if they cheated in 2017 and it helped them win, why would they stop cheating in 2018 and 2019? Right. <laughs> I mean, you got the, the you're going to stop and be like, oh, okay, <laughs> we'll just do it this one year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. We got we got the World Series. Now we don't have to do it ever again. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. And that doesn't make sense. So convenient that Alex Cora goes to Boston and they suddenly are playing amazingly. And then guys who were amazing in 2018 on Boston kind of had a down year in 2019. Hmm. Uh, Why would that be? And why are we still waiting on that investigation to be completed uh, for the Red Sox, by the way? Why does MLB not want to put down the hammer on that Red Sox organization? Come on, let's go. It was supposed to be, uh, I think, what was it? Manfred had said it was supposed to be by February 28th yes. that they were supposed to hand everything down. And now we're midway through March. All this stuff has been postponed. And it's almost like, oh, well, we don't have to worry about that now because we have too many other things to worry about. Right. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the people that were doing that investigation are not just like they didn't just pivot to like an, another thing. I mean, th- that's what they were doing. Right. Uh, MLB has more than. 10 guys and uh, to, 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 to work this out, you know, I th- I'm sure they have departments, you know, um, I don't know. I don't get it. Well, the whole Astros thing, you know, they had to parse through over 76,000 emails because this whole thing was so deep and went through the organization. You know, right. the thing that bothered me was when they were talking about it being a player driven scheme and it's, it wasn't, it was, no. Throughout the organization, scouts were talking about cheating. It, it just it's unfathomable to me. I still can't believe it actually happened. I know. And, and you have the code breaker that we didn't even know about mm-hmm. uh, for so long and that it was used on away uh, games as well. Maybe not with trash can, but I mean, they, they had those resources throughout the whole season and worse throughout the postseason. Mm hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's remarkable that that, that it actually happened. Uh, but I, I'm on that you know side of I'm I'm glad that Mike Fires spoke out. Sure. I I, I don't think uh, any less of Mike Fires. On the contrary, I would love it if more people said if Altuve tomorrow goes. You know, guys, I didn't like that, and uh, I told them not to, and they kept doing it. And I, I, I always got upset. And Bregman said, well, you know what? I, I, I banged that trash can seven times, especially on that September game. You know, th- that would help people kind of 
relinquish that kind of, you know, dislike or very, very powerful dislike that they have against the Houston Astros, but they haven't spoken out. So people are going to boo you and they're going to boo you hard. And they're well. And the other thing was, you know, they were supposed to prepare these guys and, you know, their PR team was supposed to talk to them about how to apologize for things. And their apologies were so horrible that that's what's making people angry at them because they don't even seem contrite. They seem sorry that they were caught, but Mm -hmm. not really that sorry that they did what they did. Right. Right. Now, how do you have uh, the athletic, I think, came out with this late November. mm -hmm. So they had a full two months. Oh, yeah. To come up with, you know, the best PR team, you 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 hire a consultant agency. Any, I mean, you're you're a billionaire company. You you do this, and they didn't. And you would they, think they, after they screwed what the happened, pooch. Yeah, you would think after what happened in the World Series with Brandon Tobman and that whole fiasco with Stephanie um, right. Aperstein from uh, Sports Illustrated and all the stuff that was happening. Uh, with that, that they would either overhaul the PR team because they did a, a terrible job when that whole thing right. happened, but apparently they didn't because <laughs> no, oh <laughs> no, the they got promotion. Came out, yeah, it was like, oh, it's the same people. <laughs> it's the same people. Yeah, there was no shakeup involved at all in that PR department. It, it's really remarkable how they didn't learn anything. Nope, anything. In, in what four months? Yeah, that 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 trend. Yeah, no, I I don't understand. Uh, what happened with the Astros organization, but maybe that speaks to the Astros organization, you know, that they didn't really care about getting caught and they don't really care when they are rude and, 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 and lie. Uh, I mean, how do you, how do you, when Jim Crane says it doesn't impact the game, Ugh. what do you, what do you mean? It doesn't impact the game. Are you you serious? Like, if it didn't impact the game, let me ask you this first question. Then why would you do it? Right. If it doesn't impact, I mean, why would you do it? Why would you cheat? And the thing that really bugs me is, you know, Astros fans are acting like the Astros are the victims of this. They're still making excuses for them. They're still pulling video and saying, hey, they probably didn't use the trash cans here because they couldn't hit anything. And it's like, well... Maybe and maybe not. Maybe the trash cans weren't working that particular night. Yeah, the, the it's not the fact that the the cheating helped them win. I I, I think that's the, the 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 problem right here is like yes they won and they cheated, but but that's not the point. The point is that they cheated. Even if they had won sixty three games that season, mm-hmm. and they had developed exactly that, it doesn't matter if the cheat works or not. Right. You're cheating. Right. That's punto. Number one. But the worst <laughs> thing is that they cheated and then it actually helped them get the ultimate prize in a not only a, a, an MVP, but a World Series. I right. mean, those guys all have rings. And to this day, they're all World Series winners and nobody has taken that away from them. Right. Yeah. And I think, well, I think that's the other thing, you know, you saw it with players from other teams. They know how the union works. They know all that stuff. And they're still pissed that none of the players got punished. Right. You know, I mean, this is just 
they're lucky that the coronavirus thing is happening because they don't have to hear all the booing from everyone. That this is true, and and you know, I've never seen spring training booing occur until this year. Okay, nobody's nobody nobody hates anybody in spring training. Even even I've seen Yankee fans clap for Boston guys because they're like, "Oh, baseball's back! All right, let's do this!" Right. You know, you never hear booing in spring training, but you heard it real loud in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I think one of my last questions is, uh, let's go back to AL East here and yeah. um, elbow our, our friends from Boston a, a little bit more, is uh, the Jays. The Blue Jays are a very interesting team. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I think that young core is going to be very exciting. Do you see the Blue Jays? This is a little prop bet that me and Kevin have, mm-hmm. is that the Blue Jays will end up having a better record in 2020 than the Red Sox. Do you agree? Ooh. It's possible, especially if they're not going to be playing as many games. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I would take that bet. Okay. Oh, well, you know, we've got four hosts that say <laughs> that. So uh, that's good news uh, for our prop bet. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're really exciting. Um, I don't particularly agree with the Pakoda uh, rankings that came out. Uh, they were giving a 10, uh, you know, win or victory range between the Yankees and the Rays. I mm. do believe that the fan graphs is a little bit more realistic. I think it was between four games. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that range that you see uh, between the Yankees and the Rays? Because between it has to I mean, it's it's a Yankees or Rays division crown for 2020. Right. Um, hmm. Again, I mean, we don't know how many games are going to be played. True. So anything True. could happen. I mean, a team could just get on a roll and just do really well for the limited amount of games that they're going to be playing. Um, I could see it close. I could see it within, you know, three or four games, like, you know, down to the wire kind of a thing. And then maybe yeah. someone pulls away kind of thing. I, I do, too. I do, too. Uh, I think it's going to be whichever team gets less in less il time right <laughs> less yeah. less injury uh default i mean I, I what happened with both the yankees and the rays in 2019 was incredible i mean but having two guys being your starting rotation and just go opener for for the for the other three spots call brendan mckay uh for a month and a half i mean and and still win 96 games was unreal. And the Yankees won, what, 102 games, 103 games? Mm-hmm. I, 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 exactly. I mean, it, it, what they did with their injuries, can those two teams do the same thing with as many injuries the next year? I wouldn't put money on it. So right. all I'm hoping is for people to be healthy. And I think if they're healthy, you will see a very tightly contested AL East. And um, playing against Baltimore last year helped a lot. <laughs> I think Glaber Torres was incredibly happy every time he <laughs> saw orange uniforms in front of him. Yes. <laughs> I it, Well, what's funny about that is the Yankees lost their first series to Baltimore. Oh. They lost two out of three. And then that's all they lost. Then they were, st- they were 17 and two against Baltimore. Wow. <laughs> the whole season. 
Yeah, that's that's another prop bet is will the Orioles reach 60 wins this season? I mean, before, you know, the the whole uh, suspended season uh, occurred. But yeah, I mean, 60 wins were, you know, will they get there? Right. Yeah. If it was a full season, I wouldn't see them hitting it. Maybe close, maybe 58. But I don't I, right. if the whole season was being played. I don't think they would have hit 60 wins. Well, they're getting another number one draft pick. That's for sure. Yeah. No, that'll set him up at least for a little bit. I was when I was talking to Connor about it, um, you know, I asked him what it was like for an Orioles fan who sat through, you know, 98 through 2011, where they were just awful. And then 2012 to 2017, where, you know, they made the playoffs a few times and got to taste the postseason. And now they're back to being in the basement again. And he said because of that long stretch from 98 to 2011, he was used to the, the fallback this time. But as you said, you know, they're lining themselves up for more picks in the future and that, you know, in a couple of years, things could go better for them. And you can see them more in the middle of the division and in the top half of the division. So, no, I I think the AL East is always going to be one of the most interesting divisions in all of baseball. I mean, do you have the two powerhouses in in the Yankees and Red Sox with with their budget? You've got the best front office analytics wise with the race. What do you mean Boston with their budget? They're a small market team. They had to get rid of Mookie Betts and David Price because they couldn't afford them. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the the ones powerhouse. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, and uh, the young team that that Toronto's creating there is very exciting. I, I'm telling you, the AL East is going to be a very fun season for for years to come. But it's definitely going to be Yankees race time for 2020. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, that wraps up this edition of the Locked On Rays podcast. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Hope you all have a wonderful day, stay safe, and we'll see you tomorrow.